We thank the Lord that we can gather together this weekend. The Jews had festal seasons where they gathered together to remember the Lord's faithfulness. And as many of us are gathered together here today, we remember how faithful the Lord has been to us. Our theme is the way of the church following in the footsteps of the flock. And when we talk about following in the footsteps, there is implied that there's a history. Our brother began by going back this morning to 1940s. But all of us know the story goes back further and further and further. It all began clearly in the days when the Lord Jesus came to earth. Now there were many godly Jews who were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And they had been following in the footsteps of the flock of various hirelings. Some followed Pharisees, some followed a particular teacher. But there was a remnant among them that were not satisfied until the Messiah himself would come. And so the Gospels record for history the wondrous moment that the shepherd came and kissed the woman. Even as in the Song of Songs, Solomon came and kissed that black woman. And the rest of her life, she spent pursuing after the king. Isn't it wonderful that the Lord gathered together some disciples and some women from all walks of life and he kissed them and they followed and so we see in this story of history that there's always a combination of being gathered together as a flock even like the disciples were gathered together but it's also always a story of the Lord Jesus and his personal love for you and I. Peter, do you love me? This can only be said by the one who came and kissed Peter. And so the Lord wants to come to us as we share together this weekend. As he has come down through the centuries. And many times sovereignly he finds uh, people who are hungry to follow the footsteps of their Lord. 
他们是饥渴的想要跟随这个羊圈的脚踪 so as we share our story we begin with some history 当我们分享我们的故事的时候我们要讲到一些历史 so I would like to share some of my history this afternoon 所以今天的下午我也想要讲一些我自己个人的一些历史 because my history is found in a larger history of a great sovereign work that God is doing to capture people with his kiss 因为我自己的历史乃是在这个很大的一个历史里面 I would like for us to read some scriptures together. Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 5. Here we see a great sovereign God beginning to do a mighty work. Ezra 1, 1.: Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. I just want you to notice the phrase the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus king of Persia we know from this story that the remnant from the Babylonian captivity came back to Jerusalem and now in chapter 1 verse 5 we see who this remnant is. Then the heads of the father's households of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites arose, even everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go up and rebuild the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. Who was this remnant that went back to Jerusalem? And sacrificed all. They were the remnant that saw that there was only one pathway of footsteps that pleased the Lord. He wanted his flock to be gathered in Jerusalem in the house of God. Only, only, only 50,000 out of a few million, their hearts were stirred. But it's because the Lord had sovereignly kissed them. And when that happens, what else can you do? And then we read a scripture in John chapter 6. And we see the same matter brought before us with the disciples. The way of following the Lord is to deny ourselves and take up the cross. And follow him. And a cross came before many disciples during the days of Jesus. 
那在我主耶稣的那段时期,那也有许多的石架临到这些门徒身上。And so we read in verse 66。As a result of this, many of the disciples withdrew and were not walking with Jesus anymore。从此,他们徒中所有退去,不再和他同行。So Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Let's pray. Our Father, we come to a loving God. And we know that you would draw us to the Lord Jesus by the kisses of his lips. We know there have been moments in history, crossover moments, when a wave of this love was poured out upon us. And we find ourselves irresistibly drawn in a time of such outpouring of love. Lord, would you pour out your love upon your dear children? That they may be kissed and spoiled by thy love from anything less than what you desire. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. We pray that you'll help us during this weekend to have a personal encounter with our Lord Jesus. We pray these things in His precious name. Amen. Our God is a sovereign and mighty God. He moved the spirit and stirred the spirit of the greatest potentate on the earth at that time, King Cyrus. It is nothing for God to move the greatest the king Emperor, President of this whole world, to move and stir His Spirit. And so God moved the Spirit of Cyrus. But we find this behind this sovereign act a backstory. Because as it turns out, there was a prophet named Daniel. Who had been faithful for many years. And if you study the book of Daniel, you'll see the last verse of the first chapter. And it says Daniel lived until the first year of King Cyrus of Persia. Daniel had prayed for years that there would be a return to Jerusalem according to the book of Jeremiah. And now Daniel was an aged prime minister in the Persian kingdom. And we believe one day he came into the presence of Cyrus. And he says, Cyrus, have you seen the word of the Lord? And he opened up the scroll of Isaiah. 
to where it had said hundreds of years before I have called my servant Cyrus to do all my will and Daniel showed this to this king and Cyrus' spirit was stirred and said that must be me God has chosen me to build his house back in Jerusalem and so in the highest regions of power the spirit could stir a king but what good is it to have a king who's stirred if there's not a people who will respond as well in Babylon the Jews invented a new invention of worship called the synagogue and these synagogues multiplied there were synagogues for every kind of uh, people there were synagogues that were built especially for language groups synagogues built especially for uh, uh, different kinds of workers carpenters or masons there were uh, synagogues that were built for those who were slaves and those who were free many many synagogues so easy to go to synagogues but God's heart wasn't satisfied because his house lay in ruins in Jerusalem if I could use this as a type even today among Christians many 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 synagogues they're grouped according to race and to language and to leaders but who is willing to go in the footsteps of the flock to Jerusalem to rebuild the ruins of the house of God where he and his people could be one together with no walls or barriers Oh, he needed a remnant who would be faithful. And so he kissed 50,000 people. And their spirits were stirred to go back. We don't know if there were others given the opportunity. Perhaps just like Jesus, many disciples turned away when things got tough. But there was that remnant that gave all. The Lord moved in that wonderful way. And at various times in history, he moves again in a sovereign way. There's always a backstory. Some, some people like Daniel praying. But when God moves, as it says in Daniel, none can stay his hand. Our brother uh, Stephen this morning touched on a great moving of God back in China. 
Now some of us from Manhattan don't even know these names. Watchman Nee, Witness Lee, they get confused. Lee, Nee, Witness, Watchman. <laughs> but in the 1920s, the Lord sovereignly raised up some brothers and sisters who wanted to walk in a pure way before the Lord Jesus. Our brother Watchman Nee was the man who saw such great light and helped others see. But it is never a work of one man. Indeed, it's the Lord behind it all in perfect timing. So the Lord began to gather other brothers to work with our brother Ni, including Witness Lee and Brother Stephen Kahn. Now that's just to try to explain to our Manhattan group something of what we what our brother shared this morning. Uh, our brothers and sisters in Manhattan don't realize <coughs> that we were chased down to Fulton Street just this last November. <laughs> and many of our brothers and sisters go into that building where that revival took place. Every time you go, to, for those in Manhattan, when you go to Chipotle's, that's the old Dutch church. And the actual school building for Sunday school where the revival took place is at CVS. Those wooden buildings have long since been destroyed. But strangely as we meet today, I can report that we meet 30 yards from this original place years ago. God is faithful. He continues to desire to capture children for himself. And so the Lord has moved even in, in the 20th century here in United States. I can only share the smallest perspective of this sovereign work that God did. But I want to share it to show us some of the way of the church. Because I hear say, the Lord captured me. It was 1975. So now I must tell a little story. So you can understand what's happened. I was saved 120 days after President John Kennedy was shot. I was in college. And the whole of the college was in an uproar. The young people were bitter about this. 
，那这边那那当时的年轻人为这些事情感到相当的呃不舒服，感到很苦。In one sense, we can say this was the end of the innocent American dream. 那那时候我们可以说是就是美国呃这个很单纯的这个梦的结束。The students in the universities began to rebel. 那当时美国的大学生就开始悖逆。Drugs were becoming available. Morality began to crash. Divorces became multiplied. And the society of the American dream was dead. It was a very confusing time to be a young student. But we thank God. It was at this same period of time. That he brought revival showers to the United States. He did this revival work to the United States. The Holy Spirit was poured out sovereignly by God in this period of the 1960s and 70s. In the 60s and 70s, the Holy Spirit was poured out sovereignly by God in this period of the 1960s and 70s. And by the grace of God, I was also saved during this time. Many young people got saved in that season. They were called hippies. But many of the churches, the leadership now in the United States, were those hippies who got saved in the 60s and 70s. 那现在教会有许多领导人物都是六零年代、七零年代当初的嬉皮。The heavens were open. 那时候天敞开。I I was a young pastor and evangelist. 我是一个年轻的这个牧师。And during this period of time, when we preached the gospel, many young people would get saved. 在那时候我们传福音的时候，许多的年轻人得救。One time I was down by the ocean on Long Island. 有一天我在长岛的这个海边。We went there to baptize a few kids. 我们在那边。And when we went to the beach, 200 young people from everywhere came around to see what we're doing. 那我们到海边的时候，那有大概两百位的孩童们想看我们在做什么。And we preached the gospel. 我们就向他们传福音。And I could not count how many people got saved and they were baptized that day. 我没有办法数算说有多少人得救，我们当天就为他们施浸。It was God's outpouring. 这是神的这个倾倒出来。Sending the love of Jesus to a confused generation. But he also brought reviving to many church people. He 把这复兴的工作带领到教会的这些许多的人物 It's it's called the charismatic movement. 那就是灵恩的运动 Indeed, the Holy Spirit was poured out during those days. 那确实圣灵确实临到 Then there were some charismatic expressions and seeking after gifts. 那那时候有许多灵恩的这个运动，也有许多的这个外在的这个表现。But there was something much greater that God was doing. 但是那时候有更大的一个工作，我们的主在那边。He was reviving many church people. 他在复兴许多教会的这些人物。Who were faithful. 他们是忠心的。But they didn't know the love of Jesus in their life. 但是他们不知道耶稣的爱在他们的生活当中。Now, those of you who are younger here have no understanding of this. But before 1970, people rarely ever sang choruses. 那时候七零年代之前很少人唱我们大部分什么那些短诗 
It doesn't matter if you're Methodist or Baptist or whatever. Choruses were very seldom sung, especially scripture choruses. 那七零年代之前就是啊，就不论在浸信会、在长老会、什么教会，很少唱这些短诗，特别是就是有有讲到呃，就是呃经节的。But it was during this time that songs came from heaven. 就是在这段时期，这些诗歌好像就从天降下来。And they were mostly songs of love. 都是爱的诗歌。I remember when we first began singing, "We love you, Lord, and we lift our voice." 当我们刚开始唱主我爱你，我当我们高声唱的时候 ，Christians never said that kind of thing before. 之前基督徒没有讲这样的话。But Jesus' love was in the middle of the group. 但是耶稣是爱在这组当中所发生的事情。And people would sing such songs with tears coming down from their eyes. 然后说他们唱这些诗歌的时候，他们眼眼睛就充满着泪，就这样流下来。Many were touched by the Holy Spirit. 那许多人就因着圣灵受到感动。And felt perhaps they had even been born again, though they belonged to a church many years. 他们虽然说已经参加教会许多年，他们感觉他们就在那边就终于重生了。The love of Jesus was so great that for a while denomination didn't make much difference. 耶稣的爱是何等的大，当时宗派几乎。There were meetings. Meetings in people's homes. Before 1970, this wasn't done. You never see house meetings. I mean, there were some you just didn't know. But suddenly, all these people opened their homes. If you were a rich guy, you have a big enough house, you open it up. Many people would come. Catholics would come. Baptists would come. Methodists would come. They have all been kissed, and they're hungry. People would begin to travel among these various houses. Oh, they were healers. They were prophets. And a lot of Bible teachers. In those days, if you just open your house, my parents were newly saved. My father was a doctor, so he had a large house. My father was a doctor, so he It was a tremendous time. God turned the hearts of many Christians during this time. Eventually, this revival began to go down. But what did we discover? Many Christians had been kissed by the Lord. During this revival, now they were hungry. They had been involved in the footsteps of some flock called by somebody's name. But they had heard of the possibility of following the Lord Jesus completely. And so they were seekers. 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 They were se
They didn't know if they should continue on in their institution, as it were. They didn't know what to do. Filled with the Holy Spirit, praising God, nowhere to gather. They met in homes. I was one of those people. By then I was a pastor in North Carolina. I went to college, I went to seminary. I was ordained as a pastor, Baptist. But when this movement came up, I could not stay in the confines of the Baptists. And I began to travel from house to house. I ended up in North Carolina. And, and there, in time, we started a house church. Now it's not a house church, it's just a church that had to meet in a house because we didn't have a building. And I, I wanted this church to be the best, you know. So I designed the church. Everything is love. Now, don't correct anybody. God will correct them. Everything is love. Charismatics can come, non charismatics can come, no problem, all one together. Now we come together and I take out my guitar, we would worship for half hour. Oh, wonderful worship, everybody worship. And then I would teach the Bible. That's it. No Sunday school. No offering. No church membership. Uh, this is very popular back in those days. Many hungry people. But I was hungry myself. And I didn't know the way of the church. I'd never seen the footsteps of the flock. But our God is a sovereign God. When he moved in this wonderful way in the 60s and 70s on the east and west coast of the United States, he also had been preparing vessels to, to show people the way of the church. And so our brother wonderfully shared this morning the history of what happened here in New York. But there were actually God's sovereign working in several different locations on the East Coast. God had found a new and wonderful strain of seed for the Christian life. This seed is half Chinese, half English. It's a hybrid. And so our brother was sharing here in New York. Some brethren came over from England. Some brethren came over from China. 
and some American missionaries who'd been in China. This was good seed. And the Lord began to plant these little anonymous assemblies here and there. Now we can't say were they in the way of the church, but they certainly wanted to follow the Lord Jesus only. Just little groups here and there. Here in the New York area, South Jersey, Washington D.C. And this brother T. Austin Sparks, some of you have never heard, he came over from England every year with a tremendous ministry of light. He shared on the centrality and universality of Christ. This man himself uh, didn't have much uh, fame. As a matter of fact, mostly he had criticism. But uh, people began publishing his books. Our brother Stephen Kahn began publishing the works of Watchman Nee, his messages, into English. And so people began to read. I was reading about the way of the church before I ever understood the way of the church. Because I read every book that came out by Watchman Nee. But you see, God was preparing the ground. And he raised up his servants, like Priscilla and Aquila in the book of Acts, to lead these hungry people who were seeking in the more perfect way of the Lord. Now, as Brother Sparks was one, or Brother Stephen Kong was one, these men went around and began to share. Uh, and as they shared they began going wider and wider down to Richmond, Virginia and over to Raleigh, North Carolina where I was living so the Lord took these many seeking people and some of them began to gather together in groups uh, I want to talk about the group in Richmond. Our brother Stephen was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. And uh, there were uh, some uh, older sisters. Very charismatic. But then they went to a conference and heard Brother Kang and Brother Sparks. And they went back to Richmond and began to pray, Lord, please raise up such an assembly who would follow the footsteps of the flock. Now these women were Chinese. They were not. They were uh, southern women. <laughs> this is a special definition. I, I won't explain. <laughs> 
But they prayed and they prayed. And they asked our brother Kang to come down every month to Richmond and share the word of God. Our brother didn't share the way of the church specifically, and he actually shared the way of the cross. But as he did so, it seemed like God did a special work there in Richmond. They were young people, and most of them were not even married. Some were Baptists, some were Pentecostals, some were uh, workers in Campus Crusade. But they were drawn together as they began to hear this work. Now I can't say much more about it because I wasn't there. But anyway, at that same time, our brother also went once a month for a whole weekend down to Raleigh, North Carolina. And he went to the house of a saved Catholic family. Charismaniac Southern people. <laughs> but they were willing to listen to the Word of God. And they heard things they had never heard before. The brothers and sisters in Richmond began to assemble and meet and break bread. Maybe 25, 30, 40 people. And it's at this point that they decided to do something that made a tremendous difference in history. Though they were a small group, they had a heart to have a summer conference for anybody who wanted to come. Now, this is just 30 or 40 people. And so they began to uh, have a conference and uh, invite people that they knew from Raleigh, from Washington, from South Jersey, from New York, anybody. And it was amazing the people who came. Nobody had any idea how many people there were hungry out there. But we had some of the strangest people I've ever seen in my life. But they were hungry as well. Now the Lord did something special at that conference. Now I'm not trying to lift up any group or any conference. I've been to many conferences. And maybe I'm just speaking personally because it was at the Richmond conference that I was touched and changed. But God did a special work in the in the 70s at that Richmond conference. 
。那神在七零年代的时候，在这个测绘做了一个很奇妙的工作。I want to try to convey to you what I saw when I went there on my first trip. 那我第一次参加这次测绘的时候，呃呃 ，Richmond 的测绘的时候，我是想要。Now I was a pastor with my three kids and my wife. 那我当初是一个牧师，那我有三个孩子，还有我的妻子。And I went there. 我就参加了这个特别聚会。And I was touched very deep. 我就是很深深的感动。I have never seen God's people so full of His love. 我从来都没有看到神的百姓，他们是。They love the Lord so much. That they couldn't have enough meetings, teachings, or prayer. There was a tremendous sense. Of intensity there that I had never known before. 那在那边我感觉是何等的这个何等的丰富，我之前是没有感受到的。Now I I at that time was a charismatic myself. 我那时候是属于灵恩派的，我自己是属于那方面。But I'm not talking about Holy Ghost jamboree. 那我不是讲到说是圣灵怎么样。I'm talking about an intensity of desire. 我是讲到这个。These people came from here and there. This is from 各各地来的人 But this was a gathering of those people who'd been kissed by the Lord. 但是一同聚集的这些人来是被我们主亲过的人 Many of them were not meeting anywhere. Some were meeting in small homes. Some were still in some church somewhere. 有些人是聚集在小在这个小很小的房子里面聚聚集。有些人是在什么教会聚集。不同的人参加这样 But it seemed like all of them wanted the Lord. 但是我们感觉在一起的时候，所有的人都是渴慕，都他们只希望得着我们的主。When there was a meeting, the light was so intense, you had to go away quietly to digest the light into knowledge. 那当初我们参加这个聚会，这亮光是何等的丰富，你需要摆上许多的精力去吸收这一切的亮光。Do you understand what I mean? 你明白我所讲的吗？ The light so hit your spirit that you had to get away to for it to filter into your mind what was said. 这亮光感动你的灵，你好像要摆上许多的呃能，你好像要把它转转换到你的头脑里面去。And the reason for this. 那这个缘故，我之所以提到。And again, I'm not here to glorify any man. 我也不想将荣耀归给任何的人。But God did a sovereign work when He joined our brothers Lance Lambert. And Stephen Kong together in ministry. 但是当我们的主把江走到弟兄和兰培的弟兄在一起行执事的时候，我觉得是非常奇妙的一件事情。Now there were just certain kinds of spiritual marriages like that that were arranged sovereignly by God. 那也只有很少的这个呃特别的这个属灵的这个一个结合，特别是我们主所安排的。And when the two of them in the 70s were preaching the word together one after another, it was like being punched with the left and with the right. 那当初这两位弟兄所分享的时候，你好像感觉是你左手右手在这边击打一样，是何等的丰富。When I first came there， 当我第一次参加这个特会的时候 ，I couldn't believe the intensity of the people。我没有办法想象
But the first summer I went, I was slain by what I saw. Now most of you know our brother Lance Lambert. He's so full of life. I was so happy every time he spoke. So living, has a sense of humor. Spoke with an English What could be better? But when he shared the word, there was such light. Now I had studied in seminary. I took a, a course in ecclesiology, which is the study of the church. We read the book of Ephesians and studied it in Greek. But one of his messages when I was there, he spoke on 1 Corinthians 12 and he said that the church is not the body of Christ. It is Christ himself. Now you perhaps have heard me say those words. But when my brother shared these things, it was a shaft of light that went through and burned right to my spirit. I saw it as he spoke it I saw the most beautiful Christ I had ever heard and he's in his beautiful church oh if you had asked me what the church was like I never would have said it was beautiful I would say, ah, it's imperfect, many flaws, starting with me. <laughs> but I saw that the church is the most beautiful thing on this earth. And I was slain. You know, there is a rebuke that comes from seeing light that's different from any other kind of rebuke you can receive. If somebody tells me, Dana, you're wrong, I immediately resist. And I give counter arguments. But when you see light, you see the truth. And all darkness collapses. My whole understanding of the church collapsed. When I saw that the church was Christ. You cannot treat the church like people. Neither could I anymore look at people in the church according to the flesh. That was Christ. I saw it. And I was slain. But that was the easier part. Our brother Stephen was the other speaker. He didn't come as Lance did with humor and life. 
He was the living testimony of what Paul says when he says, I came in weakness and trembling and not in smooth words, determining to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Our brother talked about God's love for his son. I had never seen that before. I didn't know how intense it was. Oh, I know the doctrine. But our brother laid bare the heart of God. And we saw how much God loves his son. It was unbelievable. Have you ever seen it? There is a level of feeling that's deeper than emotion. I know we all have emotion. But I'm talking about a level of feeling that can only be described as spirit feeling. And as our brother talked, I saw God's love for his son and then we saw the son's love for us now I know that the Bible says Christ loved us and died for us but I never experienced the depth of that feeling and as I sat in that room, I realized that I was somebody who was going the wrong way. The light had shown me that. And yet as our brother spoke, I knew that my Lord was running after me. You know, we Christians stay away from God. We're afraid of His might and what He might say. But there was my Father running after me. And I saw the love of God. And it's fierce. And it's possessive. And it's jealous. And it's a fire. And he just wanted to consume with his love. And we were giving him tips of the hat. I saw myself. I saw his love. He's pursuing. And his love will not be denied. So he came and kissed me. And I was done. It started a struggle and me lasted for two years. Took me two years before I could leave everything. And follow him. It's so hard to describe this because it's something that has to sovereignly happen. I don't know how and when the Lord would kiss you. And you might understand the love of Solomon for his lovely woman.
But I saw in this story of Nehemiah. Wasn't it strange? He was an important man. And he asked about how things were going back in Jerusalem. The house of God had been built. More than a generation had gone by. And he heard of the situation back in Jerusalem and how desperate it was and how the people were in poverty and great persecution. And he talked about the walls and said they were destroyed and the gates that they were burned. Now it's his brother, his brother Hanani, who told him the report. And I can't explain why this happens. Hanani gave an objective description of the devastation of Jerusalem. But then he went away and did his business. But when Nehemiah heard of the devastation of God's people, he sensed the heart of God for his city. And in feeling this heart of God for that city, he felt he could do nothing else but go back and try to repair it. Now we talk about these things of God's heart for his people and his church and the destruction of the church on so many hands. And I know for most of us it may seem just like talk. We can talk like Hanani about these things. But Nehemiah couldn't talk. Why did he weep and fast and pray for more than three months? What happened to him? You know, we're all self-centered and we're concerned with our own things. It's a miracle of God. When you into your heart comes what God feels about something. Look around us today. But do we know how God feels about this? Well, in some way, Nehemiah entered into that feeling. And by God's grace, we want to talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. Now, this conference that I went to, well, it was a glorious conference. And it was a terrible conference. <laughs> because now I was caught. You see, when you see the absolute love of Jesus. You also see the absolute surrender it takes to follow him. And in my life, I had to wrestle over two issues before I could surrender. And 
the first was that I knew that if I followed the way of the church I would have to resign and turn away from all my career my ministry and my livelihood this church that I was pastor of they loved me a lot but if I resigned they would hate me because I was the shepherd they were following in the footsteps of the shepherd now what do I do? And yet by the light that I had seen, I realized that everything I had done up to this point was off track. It was following a path as I saw it. It wasn't the way of the church, it was my way of the church. And I would have to put all of that away. To resign, all that sort of thing. And seeing that the church was Christ, it threw off it threw me off in every aspect of leadership. Before as a pastor, I would treat you and rebuke you, correct you, whatever needs to be done. But when I saw that I was hitting Christ, not a person. I could have spent the rest of my life repenting of how I've mistreated Christ. Now do you see Christ in your brother and sister? Or do you see their flesh? I'm convinced unless you see Christ in them, you can't even deal with their flesh. But I didn't know how to do that back then. I didn't know what that meant. You remember when the Apostle Paul said, Lord, Lord, under the heavenly vision. And the Lord said, Why are you persecuting me, Paul? Now you see, Paul thought, No, 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 I'm not persecuting you, I'm persecuting these people of the way. But you see, Paul saw in the heavenly vision. You touch any brother or sister in the body of Christ, and you're touching me. You're persecuting me. And so I, I, I don't know how to lead that. I don't even know if I should lead that. That was the first issue. I would have to resign everything. Not that my career was anything great. But the second issue was even tougher. Because I knew in the absolute love of Christ I needed to submit myself to brothers and sisters. Now, it would have been much easier if I could have submitted myself to Brother Stephen Kong or to Brother Lance Lamb. 
But no, I lived in Raleigh. There was a group of people in Raleigh. They were charismaniacs. They were older than me. They didn't trust me. And I would have to submit my life to them. They were still trying to figure things out themselves. This was not a beautiful group. But I saw that they were beautiful to the Lord Jesus. And you know why? Because with all of their faults, they wanted to follow the footsteps of the Lord Jesus in simplicity. And it's the only group I knew where I lived that wanted to do that. Oh, there were so many better groups in the city of Raleigh. Good, good preachers, good worship ministry, gifts of the Spirit, all kinds of things. But this group, meeting in a home, nobody there could preach. And I was supposed to submit my life to them. I was stuck. To be honest with you, I couldn't make a decision. I didn't know what to do. And then the Lord made it worse. In the providence of God, I went with a team of brothers and sisters over to Halford House where our brother Lance Lambert meets in London, England. Now we went out and witnessed, witnessed and preached the gospel for that week. But I saw something there in that assembly. They've been meeting for, 70, uh, for 20 years. There was a coordination beyond them. Even the head of the Lord Jesus. Coordination. There was order. Their worship had a life and a direction. Their prayer meetings were powerfully energized by the will of God. The saints had love one for another. I had a wonderful time there. They asked me to stand up on the last day to sing a song. I had my guitar. I remember looking out at this congregation. And I should never have said what I said. I said, I have found my home. Because this is what I wanted to be. So I went back to North Carolina. And I became sick for three months. I had physical ailments, but it was really soul sick. 
我感觉上是身体的疾病，但是我是我的火影。There's I could go. 我没有可以去的地方。I only got up out of bed two days a week, two two nights to go to teach the Bible study and to preach on Sunday. 那我一个礼拜只离开家里两次，一个是就是读经，周间的读经，还有主日的聚会。And every meeting we had, the church grew bigger and bigger. You know, over 150 now, 175. And every time I preach, I die and die and die. It was just unbearable. But I was stuck. And then one Sunday morning, as I was praying, the Lord came to me with this scripture in John chapter 6. And the Lord said to me, in the most gentle way, you do not want to go away also, do you? And I thought in my mind of how many people had been kissed by the Lord. I even had some pastor friends who had been kissed by the Lord. And yet, after a while, they decided they couldn't follow in this way. Now, I never knew the Lord had such deep feelings about this. Now, we think God doesn't care for His servants. But it's as if He came to me as as a friend. Said, are you going to go away too? What else can I say? Where else can I go, Lord? I'm completely trapped. You alone have the words that I need. And so I went up on the the wall of my pastor's study was an ordination certificate. I pulled it down from the wall. Told my wife and children were going to that house meeting over there, not to the church. We went that morning to this house group. And I, I told them that I was renouncing my being a reverend and I tore up my ordination paper. I always like to do these kinds of effective things. <laughs> and then I said, from now on, I'm just Brother Dana. And I left my job and my career and my ministry and I found the way of the church. Began to follow the footsteps of the flock. Now over these almost 40 years it's been since that day 
I've come to see two things. Which is why I pray so much for you, my dear brothers and sisters. Unless we come and see our Lord's love for us. And unless we absolutely give him all, we will not continue on. Over many years I've seen many people who've been touched in their hearts. But unless we're all in, circumstances will give us a way out. In the footsteps of the flock, you often have to embrace the cross. You have to forgive and be forgiven. You are tempted to be offended by others. You go through seasons of doubt and seasons of coldness. And if you're not all in, there'll come a point where you stop following. Following a man or a woman or a tradition is always so much easier. Many who start off in the way of the Lord end up following a tradition or a person. The way of the church is the way of the cross. And this way of the cross leads to a love for Jesus. The second thing I've learned is that even those who've been captured need to be kept by a sovereign God. I also tell you this with sadness in my heart. There are many who have been captured and who have been walking in the way of the church, but they have not been kept. They haven't consecrated or given to the Lord that which uh, he, he could take into his hands. They haven't committed to him that which he could keep. Some who have great emotional experiences and yet they don't last. Others who have no emotional experience and you look at them and you're really quite doubtful they'll ever make it. And you look back 30 years later, they're still all in. This is something much deeper than emotions. Something that's been bound in our spirits. So, 
for these uh, almost 40 years now I've been uh, wanting to walk in these footsteps. And I'm so happy every time I can gather with some brothers and sisters who also just have this heart. They want 100% Jesus. I just pray that somehow in the sovereignty of God He'll grab our hearts with the depth of His feeling. It's a fearful thing. How much He loves us. And when we realize it, it's a wonderful thing. He will not let us go. You can argue with Him, you can have dialogues with Him, He will not let you go. Oh, I hope that you will see His love. For me in my life, often when the moment comes and something happens and I think about it a little bit, a, a song comes to my heart. And so back there in 1976, uh, it's almost 40 years ago, I wrote a song out of this experience. sing much anymore but the last line of the song is from Psalm uh, uh, John chapter 6 verse 67 where else can I go oh Lord I see it now I see the church is one Walls or barriers, nothing in between, and the world can see you have come. Oh Lord, you know my heart, you know I want your perfect way. The church in unity. Reflecting all your beauty So the world can see You have come Think it'd be such a simple thing For saints to dwell together Every effort schemed by man has failed to make us one and now we'll have to die to be crucified but I hear the trumpet ring and the angels sing as the bride step forth pure clean longing for 
I have no choice. So I thank you I can be all in. Oh God, touch the hearts of your people. Many have been kissed. And don't know what to do. Oh, show us your ways. Help us to love you. Even as you pursue each one here. Oh, bring us to yourself that you may gain the glory in all these things. In Jesus' name. Um, uh, dear brothers and sisters, let's have a, um, a time of prayer to reflect uh, what we have just heard. As the Holy Spirit leads, uh, let's uh, feel free uh, to offer our uh, thanksgiving and prayers to the Lord.